When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street opening weekend, week, whatever week is still going on. Weekend is over. Yankees take two out of three against the Giants. Uh, IKF plays a little bit of center. Glaber's hot. Basically the perfect opening day, and a lot of stolen bases are happening. How uh, how do we feel about opening week? This uh, this episode is presented by TickPick. Damon uh, used TickPick, code 161, to get $10 off because Damon was at opening day. Talk to us about opening day, Damon. Opening day, and I decided to go Saturday, too, because uh, why the hell not? Uh, opening day was awesome. I mean, beautiful day, sunshine, Anthony Volpe making his debut. It yeah, was emphasis just... Emphasis uh, on the T, debut? Well, now I'd just do it to mess with you, but... Uh, it's okay. How cool yes. was it? Uh, how loud was it, I should say, for his first career hit? On Saturday. It was uh, the place fucking exploded. Like it was like compared, more, it was more exciting than the home run than the home run that uh, like Stan Stan or hit a home run. Well, they both hit a home run, but stands um, on Sunday literally like landed in the standing room. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see actually, that. Actually, I've stood up there before and been like, dude, I've never seen a ball hit that far in my entire life. Sure enough, no, it was it was insane. the The first roll call was sick. Yep. And then, what did he do? Um, what did it, what did Volpe do he to kiss the, the logo and kiss the pinstripes and did a little like with it all? I like that. I like yeah, that. Kiss the pinstripes. Nothing too crazy. Yeah, I like it. And the, you, the second on Saturday, Judge, uh, does the gardener? He's been he's been doing that. Do when he plays he's been doing that. I know. Yeah, I, I, I never knew time. that he did that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Yeah, he only does it in center field. He's been doing that for a long time. I think it's pretty cool. I never. What do you mean the gardener? It's very cool. Yeah. Like the the little like the flex. Thing. That's what Gardner. Flex. Oh yeah, he's been doing that for a while. Yeah. Like, I feel like somebody else did that before him. Also, somebody shitty. I think it was Hicks. It I was totally Hicks. I think anyone in center field does it as like a tribute to Brett Gardner. Oh, it was Brett Gardner who did it. Well, yes. Gardner, yeah, yes. it was like the, yeah. yeah. What are you talking? Yeah. No, I'm yeah, sorry. Welcome, welcome <laughs> in. Good morning. Dude, welcome know. in, Luprella, to the podcast. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Uh, well, the season has started, and uh, our next partner as well. Get this out of the way. Keep the lights on here. Athletic Greens is a new sponsor for the boys of 161st Street in the uh, 2023 season. And this Woo. year, uh, we, uh, we're we taking our gut health seriously. We're taking our health seriously. Chandler has actually been uh, cutting it down to one pot of coffee a day. Uh, so baby steps. But taking Athletic Greens for him <laughs> has, has changed his life. I know personally he just told us a story about how he, he, he recently eclipsed 40 miles per hour at his uh, ski trip in Telluride. So I don't think that would have been personally possible if uh, he didn't take Athletic Greens every single morning. Uh, I as well take Athletic Greens every morning. I do it 
in my smoothies just because it's easy, but you can drink it straight up. It tastes phenomenal. Honestly, I do feel a little jolt of energy, and it's not like a coffee or anything. that I still also have coffee, not quite an entire pot of coffee like Mr. Chandler, but I've been taking it, and I've been feeling great, and uh, it's, been, it's been fantastic. Damon, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly surprised. I, I take it straight up every morning, just a little bit of raw? water. Raw no water, it. just just no. powder like the cinnamon <laughs> no. challenge. Nah, water, a little bit of water, <laughs> shake it up, drink it. I feel feel fucking fantastic. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So if you want to feel very just as, if you want to feel just as fantastic as Damon, um, and you want to add some supplements to your routine like that, something natural. Athletic Greens is giving a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com/slash one sixty one. That's athleticgreens.com slash 161. Check it out. And uh, maybe you can hit 40 miles per hour like Chandler as well. Um, speaking of people that are not in peak physical condition, IKF was playing center field uh, recently. <laughs> and do we, th- do we think that that's, that's a professional segue for you right there? Uh, do you think that's going to stick? Slash, how do you think he looked out there? No. Yeah. He really didn't look that bad, honestly. Like, hit. <laughs> I, I don't get me wrong. I don't want that to ever like anytime I see IKF in the lineup, I kind of shiver a little bit, yeah. but it, I think that's a fair question. Way I would take him over Hicks. value to I'd this team as being a super utility guy. And that's, you know what he is. He can play anywhere in the infield, including catcher. And then if he can play somewhat of a semblance of the outfield, then when we need it. Fine. You know what? At least he's like he? owns up to signing yeah, as a shortstop, and he like, I think he can. Yeah, he was like, he was. He literally said in an interview the other day, like, I knew I lost the shortstop competition after I made an error behind Garrett <laughs> Cole. Which one is a totally fair question because it was like a every other game thing. But he was like, yeah, I realized I was out of it, and I just want to be a part of the team and win a championship. Like, or you, or you can go the Aaron Hicks route and just cry to every baseball reporter you can find on the internet and be like, I just don't, I, I cannot figure out why I'm not playing. It maybe has something to do with my 100 batting average or IKF the fact watch, that I drop every other fly ball in left middle. field. But He's, now, well, well, you brought you know that up. Let me, let me first open up with the quotes from Aaron Hicks just to God, get that out of the way, and then we can start chatting about it. But um, in an interview with, I think it was Brendan Cuddy of the Athletic. Uh, he said, Joey has started to play better with the Dodgers, and I saw on a podcast, Los Angeles manor, Dave Roberts played a big part in that, uh, him wanting to get the most out of his players. That's what Hicks said. As of right now, I feel uh, the more I play, the better I'm going to get, and that's not what's going on right now. Things are tough in New York. I don't have an answer. Uh, when I get opportunities, I'll try to make the most of them, but it's extremely hard when I play a game and then I'm off for three days, and now there's another outfielder out there. Um I, I don't quite know what he – I know he also, before the game, was talking to Meredith Morakovitz, and he was saying he just wants to make the most out of his opportunities, which, good for you, but I know Chandler was the one – I mean, you could tell who tweets from our account and who act, who's the one who's actually writing it because Chandler, uh, not only does he curse like a sailor, but he, he, he mentioned that this is how uh, you'd get benched if you were a uh, high school player if you just talked shit or to – other news outlets. I know we didn't have really news outlets. And actually Chandler did Chandler was in the newspaper for softball when he was uh, back in Niceville, but you know, that's not the way to handle this. I feel like, so let's start there. Do you think he, like this is, what, what do you think about what's your just initial reaction to it? That wasn't even, that wasn't even an exact, 
that wasn't even an exaggeration. Like if somebody in middle school or high school got caught just bitching about playing time that much, they would have gotten sat down and either benched. Do you or genuinely cut, think he's on. starting today okay. because of those comments like, specifically? And that's it. If somebody of Aaron Hicks, like, I don't, I, I don't know if I it was know, like, 100%, like, yeah. like he did, if he, he didn't play. I mean, we had like, I, one I think it, ha- I think it has like, like, I feel like he was due to play today anyway, but yeah, I mean, I see where the correlation is. I just, I don't know. I think they're so like hell bent on coddling him for whatever reason. Like if they were serious about not like hurting Hicks's feelings or, or not caring about it, rather they would have cut him a year ago. Like he has zero value to this team. Zero, quite literally zero. IKF has now replaced you. Like, yeah, it's all about I mean, just coddling. As I'm gonna be honest. When I, when I saw no the opening day lineup, I, I still thought I was gonna see Hicks in there when that when it when it came out. I did too, but after him at being out for the whole first series, I uh, honestly, I, I I don't think it was due to the comments specifically. Solely, maybe like like it, Boone knows who Aaron Hicks is. He's aware of him. He didn't not play him because like. He forgot he didn't play him. I just expect him to get spot starts like this, and I expect him to not do anything with them, and he's probably going to be. Do you think the next possible situation is that he could get traded in any, like, at, at all? I mean, he's I feel the like first that... one out the door, I think. Like, I don't think that he wants to be here, clearly. I mean, the fact that he's bringing up Gallo, talking about how other managerial styles clash like directly. I feel like Boone probably doesn't want him there and he clearly provides no value. So I, I think that they're not going to try to hold on to him. If anything comes along, that's worth it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't, just, you're not going to get much yeah. in return, but, but you look at the, the, if you're Boone and you look at the mindset, you know, IKF got moved from the shortstop position to a rookie and he didn't, say anything he he said i just want to contribute to a winning team that's all he wants to do and he can do that and meanwhile hicks who in my opinion is less valuable than ikf plays less positions i'm less confident than when he's at the plate than when ikf is and he's complaining about how he's not playing every day but where he's got to look around and realize that he isn't a starting left fielder on this team because either stanton's and right or he's DHing. and i think cabrera all things healthy, no off days involved is far and away the better fielder. And, you know, he can hit. So a little bit, he's struggling, but I mean, I I don't, I I don't, I think he's delusional to think he belongs in the lineup or deserves to be in the lineup. Well, yeah, well, that's the most ridiculous part, but I, what bothers me is like you said, Cabrera is not in the lineup and yeah, he's struggling a bit, but I I would like him to get that everyday rest. We, We talk about this all the time that young players need to get like, consistent runtime and if they don't they're not going to be in the best position to succeed and we need players like that to get those consistent like we always talk about this with Clark Schmidt we talk about this with so many other players I mean it's just tried and true that it it works so I I just don't know why it's not like Aaron Hicks is some itch that we're trying to scratch to see if he's still got it in the tank like he doesn't he won't and he's terrible and it's just like I I just can't I need to I get like moving around to find that third outfielder in the beginning of the year, like throw Frenchie out there, see how he does throw Hicks out there, see how he does throw IKF out there, throw Cabrera. Like, I think we're going to see that for the next month or so. And then, you know, whoever falls into that slot is going to fall into that slot. I think it's going to be Cabrera. 
but he, so. the way that he handled it to me is just like, well, now I think it's time to move on. However, that happens. Yeah. I think what we're going to get in return, if, if there is a trade, and I think just overall, it's it's the right move for every side. For him, he needs he needs to move on. If he wants to end up being like a Gallo, I mean, Gallo is tearing the cover off the ball right now. Two former Yankees are now absolutely killing it in the short sample size to start the season. Chapman just pulled back 103 again. I don't know how that fucking happened, but um, that sucks if he if he gets back to good Chapman. I, it's very early to tell, but... That was uh, not fun to see in another uniform. Um, and Joey Gallo hit, hit his a, second home run of the season already. So that's less that surprising that came to out me. That there was, a, there was a deal in place to send Hicks to Colorado in the offseason. For who? For who? For who? Uh, I don't know. But we were basically going to swallow half of his contract to send him to Colorado and backed out at the last minute. That's probably what we're going to end up doing. We're going to get some random guy and it's fine. I, I just want to get some some yeah. random like single a some slap dick prospect that throws yeah, like no, he's gonna throw like 103 but he's never gonna throw a strike <laughs> well it'll be a beater type deal with gallo yeah i would yeah. much rather have joey gallo than aaron hicks oh me too but he's I'm talking about the like return. return is gonna be i know you're not gonna i'm saying you're not gonna get that good clayton beater's a top 10 yankees prospect like, now he is but i mean when he came over he was pretty raw it was top 20 instantly. We're not getting a top 20. My bottom line is we're not getting a top 20 prospect for Aaron Hicks. You're going to get like some middling hope. I, not even a boomer bust. Like you're just going to get basically a depth minor leaguer. And that's fine. Like an Andohar type guy thing. I still think that might be too much. <laughs> I'm not even being a dick. No, I'm, just, I, I, I'm no, trying no. to see like, are you fine? Are you talking about like a, like a 27th man type guy that like, might have an option or two, or you think Maybe. it's going to be some nineteen-year-old that can't find the strike zone but throws a hundred? He literally will be. We'll get back a guy like some other team's equivalent of Estevan Florio. I was about to say that. So Florio with options, <laughs> which I guess we can use this time to uh, to uh, unfortunately candlelight ceremony. Yeah, say goodbye to Estevan Florio. He was uh, sent down, which effectively, not effectively, he has been. He's officially cut, right? Is that DFA'd. how that works? Yeah, he's done. He was DFA'd, but he's I mean, if nobody now picks just him up, a free agent. I think technically we still have his rights, but somebody's going to pick him up. Yeah. I'd be shocked if the if the Pirates don't pick him up. Um, but, but, yeah, we can use this time to uh, say RIP I mean, to Espan Florio. Hmm? I mean, we called it. We expected it to be when somebody else well, Like, when he made the roster, it was like, all right. On. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be a trade that was going to move him yeah. from DFA after literally one day. I thought it was going to be like when somebody came back. But yeah, it's I shocking mean, it's to me that they did it. It's sh- oh, I just had a stroke trying to talk. It's shocking to me that they did it for Johnny Brito, like because they sent Brito down right after the start too. So they clearly just had zero like inclination to keep him at all. They were just like, yeah, we're going to cut you anyway. It sounds like they just didn't know when they were going to make up their mind and they. Had to put a roster on the field, and then like, all right, well. Well, I think they already had that trade in the works with uh, what's his name? The really I mean, they had been talking about it for a while. Oh wait, wait, wait! I said Brito. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was the other but because Brito went down, and uh, the guy who's Hamilton right came up. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. that backwards. My bad. Well, we can use this as a as an opportunity to talk about Brito because Brito did get sent bet down, but I don't think this is the end of him. And I honestly, 
I was impressed. I mean, his last two starts dating back to spring training, he looked amazing in that start in spring training, which got us a little bit excited about, you know, him being that bridge guy until the Rodons and um, Sevy come back. But I mean, Brito was the first pitcher in Yankees history. I'm not sure if you guys saw this to allow two or few, uh, two or fewer hits, strike out six, and not allow a single earned run in a debut. That's the first Yankee in history. Uh, that's pretty good. So, uh, and also he had a 50% whiff rate on his changeup, which looked pretty disgusting. So, uh, I'm very excited and very impressed with uh, Brito. And I, you know, injuries will inevitably happen, and I don't, I wouldn't be upset if he's the one that's filling that gap. For when well, that's what I was so worried about during the deadline last year when we got rid of Waldachuk and Morensky and Sears and you know all of those guys was if we do run into the injury bug, you know there's not a lot in the minors that's ready to come up and and pitch from AAA. Like we lost a lot of those caliber guys during the last trade deadline, and now seeing what he did, you know, in, in his debut and in the second game of the season, um, you know. The only good feeling for I mean we don't need a fifth starter for I think like three more weeks so just based on how the scheduling is um I think it's just not I think I I came out and basically said it straight up that it's just a we need an extra guy in the pen uh setting you down to keep you stretched out as a starter since we don't need a five starter I'm totally cool with that I think he'll probably even when everybody's fully healthy will end up getting a decent run at starting some games this year probably 10 i was about to ask what do you think the over under might as well use them yeah probably 10 probably 10 starts because you've got to figure they're gonna last year they shut nester down for his like hamstring or whatever but 10 starts even said yeah Yeah, i don't know but i think maybe over under like seven and a half how many starting pitchers do we use in a year though we use a lot yeah that's true. depends on the injuries but yeah i don't know 10 like just well not even just depending on injuries, you got to think they're going to try and manage some innings down the stretch. Like, but if, I mean, if Sebi's you're coming ace, off of, if you're yeah, an ace, you're off season, you're getting, what, and, like 20, 25, 26 starts. No, maybe, Cole maybe throws more. between thirty and thirty-five every year. Yeah, I mean, Cole doesn't miss a start, knock on wood. But um, yeah, but like down the stretch, like you said, guys like Nestor who haven't pitched as many innings as he did last year in a while, they they did a lot with his. I mean, they, uh, we talked about before, they potentially even faked injuries so that he could just not hit the innings limit or they whatever put, it was. You remember they put Seve on the 60-day IL when he was, like, healthy and throwing to batters. Yeah. And he was like, what, what the fuck? Like, I'm, I could go out and pitch tomorrow. And they're like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Just the way the organization treats injuries, especially to the pitchers, and rightfully so. I mean, Rodon's coming off forearm strain. That's something that – could be potentially serious if it's not managed he's probably if if the yankees play well and they're in the position where they should be coming down to august september they're gonna skip some starts and make sure they're fresh for october i think you're gonna see brito if he keeps it up rack up a bunch of dog day of summer back of the season starts i think 10 is a total totally fair like number that he could get to i'd be good wouldn't be are we worried about clark schmidt at all no more than I have been. No, I. I mean, I personally thought he pitched great until the last inning he was in. He kind of just fucking. I think he just kind of had no more gas left in the tank. Yeah, I mean, pitch count was getting up there because he was getting a lot of strikeouts. So that's a byproduct of that. But I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be 
I wouldn't go as far to say as I'm I'm nervous. Other, other than that, I, I mean, he, he threw a lot of pitches, but overall he looked good. Cutter seen, the cutter confirmed was really good. He threw that the majority of the majority of the pitches. Um, thirty five percent of the time he threw the cutter. And Maybe uh, with the numbers. Oh yeah, big numbers guy today. That's when I th- Did you bring the number book I have. to the stadium. It's really funny. I actually thought about it, but then I realized that uh, I wasn't going to do it. But that I want to do it one was day. A little bit of a joke, but I've done it, so not really a joke. I thought about it, but I was never going to do it for opening day. But I want to go on like a random Wednesday and do it. It's pretty relaxing. I did like, it on a random Wednesday in the right spot and that kind of thing. I was there for that. Yeah, I was on the third baseline, pretty far down we on a Wednesday. On the third baseline. And how it was? It was I think that's the proper spot to be when you're doing that, right? Yeah, feet up, feet up on the seat above you. Yeah. The best spot would probably be like up against the front row wall. Your feet are up there on like the concrete or maybe even on top of the dugout type of thing. I'm thinking somewhere like second or third deck behind the plate would be the best spot. Nah, I don't know about that. Stadium. No, nah, well, I'll be on the back corner if I'm going to do doing the book. I want to be like hidden. Yeah, up there behind the plate. But like I'm not talking like directly behind the plate. Couple couple decks up. Yeah, directly behind the plate, you got one, two, three, four, five, six view. visible rows. So as long as you're outside of the top six, I mean, I want people to know I'm doing the book. So I want to be in, inside that six. It's a wheelhouse right there. Um, anyway, moving on. <laughs> when yeah, I was anyway, doing I think, the book. I think he was I think he pitched fine. He just threw 20 pitches and got gassed out. Yeah. yeah. When I was doing the book, I was putting a lot of SBs down for my man Volpe. So uh, what do you think over under? 80 bags for him this year? Dude, first stolen base was awesome. <laughs> that was sick. 80 bags. Yeah, uh, Chandler, I would like to apologize for being wrong when I thought 35. Or what was it? What did you say the number was? I said was that I thought at 23 to 1, he was an awesome bet to lead the league in stolen bases. Yeah, but you, get, you, guys you had see a number the... out there more specifically, I think. But... I don't know. I don't know. I said Either he way. Might yeah, steal. He, I, uh... No, I think I said he would steal 40 bases. Yeah. yeah. Is what it was. Did you guys see the overall? Basically, told me that I'm the dumbest motherfucker to ever walk this earth. That's not what happened. Did you guys see the overall um, across the league stats for this stolen open bases. day versus, versus last open day? Well, stolen bases, just like the batting lines and like the average time and pitch clock stuff. It was pretty cool. I saw the stolen bases are way up from yeah. So stolen. So from the opening weekend last year to this year. Last year there was um forty three stolen base attempts, twenty three twenty nine successfully, so sixty seven percent success rate. This year, eighty four stolen base attempts and seventy success, so that's eighty three percent success rate. That's stolen on bases. What? Stolen bases. On what on opening just day. on opening day? On on opening weekend. Weekend, opening okay. Weekend. So I thought it was From five this, for opening day and like twenty something. This yeah, that's so what I this, saw. I saw that graphic as well. This year, last year, yeah. So it was comparing this opening weekend to last year's opening weekend. Now I have a question on up. that. Do you think that? I mean, I really don't think it's a, about the bigger. It is about the bigger bases, but I don't think yeah. it's a byproduct uh, directly because the bases are bigger, making it easier. I think people are just trying like way more often, and they're seeing it as an opportunity to do it. Like, well, like they were all pretty gun shy before, and now they're all just doing it. Like they have the same or it, maybe a slightly higher success rate. Like you mentioned, Damon, but it's just, it's well, like they're they just the people, people that weren't go, people that weren't big stolen base guys just have the balls now to try it. And like, like Glaber Torres already has two stolen bases on the year. I know sometimes he would steal, he's but he's like, 
Yeah, he has another one today. So he's, I don't know. I think it's that. It's a pitch clock. It's a pitch clock, 100%. I was about to say. Or the pickoffs or the bigger bases, you would see it incrementally. And then it's I think just the, the pitch three clock. of those together it's, is, you know, really. But the, I mean, the bases is a difference. To take a look at, I mean, I was when I was at the game, you saw people taking huge second jumps when that pitch clock was getting down. And even on Volpe's stolen bases that I was watching, the pitch clock was getting down to like two seconds. He just started to fucking run. And that's why they didn't even attempt to throw the ball down second base. Like it, it's 100% yeah. of the pitch clock. It's, yeah. it's affecting it a lot. So now it would behoove. The, well, the, well, the and that thing, too. Sorry. The other thing about that, Damon, with the secondary leads um, because of the pickoffs and the pitch clock is that now the snap throws from the catcher down to first because there's no limit on that. And yep. so I think we're going to start seeing that more and more. They talked about it on one of the broadcasts this weekend. I forget which one, but that's Trevino's wheelhouse. He loves doing that anyway. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to catch a couple uh, sleeping, which is which is good to have. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing, too, just like in relation to the pitch clock, there was 40 pitch clock violations in the whole opening weekend, which was uh, a little under one per game. So it's really not that having a big of an impact. And those so numbers far. will go down once people get more used to it as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just overall, overall, I think the pitch clock was is – I am enjoying the pitch clock so far. I was about to say, overall, I've enjoyed the pitch clock a lot. I've enjoyed, I mean, I know we were critical of it during the spring training when, I mean, when it first was introduced, it was, we were all a little skeptical of it. And especially coming off that one game where it was decided on the pitch clock violation, which I still, even after seeing it and really liking it in this small sample size, I still think it should be turned off in the ninth inning and, and on. I don't think the pitch, no game should be decided by, that or maybe you just say that it can, you don't have to turn it off, but maybe you just say like, "Hey, it, it cannot be decided by a pitch clock." Just insert that rule in there. Um, but yeah, overall, I've loved that. And just on top of that, the it seems like small ball is is creeping back. Not even creeping back; it's sprinting back. And just obviously the stolen bases, like we mentioned. But I just you know, people are bunting more. I mean, I'm watching the game right now. It's Monday night when we're recording. And a single up the middle just now, a textbook single, like that is something that almost was lost with the shift because with the shift now, it's just, it's amazing. You're seeing the athletes play their positions and it's just that I think I'm more excited about than pitch clock. Obviously the constant action is great, but I just think the quality of the action has been so much like just elevated by so much because of that. Yeah. Did you see the thing in the Mets game? I think Jeff McNeil was hitting, and Pete Alonso took too long to get back to first or something like that, and they called yeah. a strike on him. I didn't even know. Like It's like some new weird pitch clock rule happens every game. That's the only thing I don't like is that like I fucking hate Pete Alonso, but like shit like that, I'm just like, what just happened? Like it just, I'm not used to seeing anything like that. It's probably a learning curve for myself, but... Well, it sucks because McNeil's the one who gets. I mean, I know like it's a I team know. thing, but like McNeil's like, <laughs> what's he supposed like, to what do? What the fuck he am I supposed to do? He was in the yeah. box. The first time he... that happens to a Yankees player, too, I'm going to absolutely explode, and I it'll probably be irrational, and I will just dog cuss the pitch, pitch clock for the next like six months when it happens to a Yankee player. I, I did think it would happen. I I was very skeptical of it. I thought it was a mistake, and watching the first weekend, I'm. Like it, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
like I'm okay with it. It's speeding the game up. It seems like it's doing what it was supposed to do. Speeding the game up by a half hour on average. And I like that idea of getting it back to what, you know, what it used to be with the, you know, speeding it up, that kind of thing. Um, But as far as it's fine, it's just, it's all right. It's fine, but I know the minute that it goes against me, I'm just going to completely unravel. I, I know because it's going to be like Josh Donaldson too that's going to yeah, do it, and it's just going to make me explode. Yeah, but for now, I'm fine with it. I really, I like still it, hate the runner on second roll in extra innings. I will die on that hill. Yeah, no, that's a fucking joke. That's a disgrace. To the I, I don't think that's going to last five more years. I think like, dude, they got rid of that on gone. Sundays of travel ball tournaments because it was too much of a joke. Like. You can do it on Saturday to get through the games, but Sunday they got rid of the fucking California ghost runner rule. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, at least I it'll be like maybe that... amended like after the twelfth inning or something. Maybe then they do it. Like, but I don't know. if the game's being sped up anyway, you don't need the ghost runner to keep extra innings from going too long. Yeah, no, I love extra innings. I love like nineteen inning games. Yeah. Uh, so we mentioned Glaber with the the stolen bases, but also with the stick, he's been he's been pretty hot. So I just wanted to insert that in there, give him a little kudos because I'm uh, personally right about now very happy. There's a lot of trade rumors with him in the off season, um, and leading up to opening day, I know Chandler, you mentioned that it almost you felt like it was likely that he was going to be traded, and we weren't going to have an issue. This is before like Volpe was coming up, and we'd be like, he's probably going to trade, and that's going to be Volpe's opportunity to get in there, but. I'm very happy right now as it sits that Glaber wasn't traded because he looks right now in the small sample size like the player that he was in 2019 when he hit 38 fucking home runs. So uh, I'm very happy with it. I hope he keeps it up. Also on my fantasy team, so that would be really dope. But I don't expect the stolen bases to be as successful for him uh, and keep it up like that because he's got three already. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on Glaber? I mean... This is what we've been waiting for him to do for <laughs> two years now. So uh, I'm not at the point where I can say we're I'm happy he wasn't traded or anything like that. I, I mean, like, obviously, I'm happy right now, but it's been three games. So I'm not going to jump the gun by any means. Obviously, it's a very a, rather him start this way than the opposite. And he's the kind of guy who I think we, we talked about this all offseason, but he's the kind of guy. If he's hot in the lineup, it just elevates it elevates everybody else so much more. He's just a big piece, and he's at that that bottom middle half of the lineup that is really just going to carry that you know second half of the lineup. And uh, yeah, we just need him to to continue this, and then I'll make my I would actually statement saying happy we didn't trade. I would disagree with that. I think last year he had a very very good season. He had one month in August after they floated his name around and he was basically traded and all those rumors came out that him and Pablo Lopez were switching teams. Like then he just fell off the face of the earth, but you take that month out of the season, which obviously you can't do that, but look at his stats the rest of the year. They were on par with an all-star level player. Like he's a damn good player. I really do think that I think he had, maybe a year in like 2020 2021 where we started kind of losing faith but i think last year was more in line with what last year taking out that month is more in line with what full-time glaber is going to be like i think he's going to be a 270 to 280 hitter 
20 to 30 home runs, steal some bases, play a solid, not great, but good second base, drive in 80. Like, and that is a, that is a top 10 second baseman in baseball, if not better. I think, yeah, he's, and I'm so, so cool with that. I think he's right in that, like, sixth to 10th best second baseman in baseball right now. And I think that's, like, you know, where he is. If he goes beyond that, great. But I think that we're totally okay with him doing that and hitting fifth or sixth in the lineup and playing every day second base and, yeah, hitting 270. And the stolen bases, I mean, it's not like he's the fastest guy in the world, but now, you know, with the bigger bases, it seems like it's playing to his advantage. So that's also not his that. game, though. We don't, we don't, he's not on a team to steal bases. So, like, no. he's not on a team to, you know, but we don't have a lot of speed as it play. is. So, if somebody else can grab a couple, yeah, it definitely helps. But, I, but, but, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna define his successful season in no. stolen bases by any means. Let's do his OPS by month last year, April 701, May 799. June eight seventeen eight ten. Then you get down to August four sixty four. September back up to nine fifty nine. So, like I said, throw out that one month where he hit one eighty two oh four two sixty, and he was just lost at the plate. He had a pretty damn good year. I and I think that's. I would say even that is a little bit lower than my expectations for him. Maybe I'm yeah, setting I the think- bar too high, but I just I really don't. I think he's a good player. I really do. No, I do too. I think I think it's more so about the, just like the inc- the inconsistency because like obviously he it had a historic... consistent. It was one, well, one down I, month, really. No, I'm ta- I'm talking about I'm talking about like year like we're talking about years right now. Like in 2019, he had a obviously a fantastic year, had 38 bombs. 2020, 2021, he had pretty. I'll, I'm not gonna say terrible, but they were not great <coughs> years. Uh, and then last year he kind of came back up, but like we were expecting. We're expecting that 2019 season all the time, but to your point, Chandler, that's not the reality. Like he is not going to do that every year. So, yeah, I think that 2022 was like a very, very good season for him if he threw out that one month. So if he can do that again, that's fantastic. Agreed. And I think uh, I'll kind of put a ball on it with this. I think them sending Peraza down brings a little bit of life back into that in a weird way. Well, right now, basically, Peraza's value is essentially zero. Like, you don't trust him enough to be a major leaguer. Even He's got nothing to prove in AAA, but he's there. If he struggles at all, all it does is drive his trade value straight down, but you don't trust him enough on the major league team. So, like, poor management by the Yankees there, but I think that also shows you where their head's at with Glaber Torres, that they at least trust him enough to risk doing that with Peraza well Peraza is tough because I mean there really wasn't room for him there, it's a crowded infield as it is because you know there's an odd man out between Donaldson DJ and Glaber anyway in that second third matrix that they have so you throw another guy into that plus IKF who plays the infield it really didn't make sense to have Peraza Cabrera too. It, but if you wanted my, my point is that if you wanted to fit Peraza on that roster like you could have You'd have to cut you risk Donaldson or you trade risk Donaldson. Or IKF or Glaber. And these are all things that were floating around that they were trying to find a partner for. And yeah. why why risk that just I mean, we've seen it with prospects and the Yankees have had time and time again. Why do you risk that if you think that they're your future second baseman, shortstop, whatever? If him and Volpe are truly your two future up the middle and you plan on cutting ties with Glaber anyway, like I I don't know. I just don't. I don't really see the logic in sending him down when you can cut IKF, you can trade IKF, you can 
trade Glaber and get a pretty okay haul back. Like, I'm not, you're not going to get like a top 10 prospect or anything, but you know what I mean. The only way that makes the roster better, I think, is if you trade Glaber for somebody that actually fits and then he slides in there. Because if you're just, you know, cutting IKF to bring him up, I mean, he's IKF's barely playing as it is. So somebody else is coming out of the lineup if you're playing Peraza or you're bringing him up to sit on the bench. And you'd rather have him in AAA, in my opinion, at that point to let him progress. Or so, you, I agree. Or you have him rotating around. Like, Glaber's been DH and you put him at second. You, and dh glaber if you rotate him around with dj who's been playing third and DHing, and he just falls in that mix i don't i don't think it would be hard yeah but i don't think it would be hard at all to get him for i think it would be yeah see i think it would be too you're already trying to you're already trying to mix in volpe i know he's gonna play shortstop pretty much every day but like you got volpe you got donaldson who they know you know they're gonna give innings to you got glaber who you know they're gonna give innings to and he's playing well so he should be I think just the aspect that <clears throat> IKF, although he's bad, he does play outfield now, and he has that in the tool bag. And I think the biggest thing for me is I want him to be getting consistent, uh, Peraza, this is consistent playing time in the minors to develop because he is still a young guy. So I'm I'm not upset about it. I get it that that's a double-edged sword. Like it could potentially hurt his value if he starts playing bad, but if he starts playing great and tearing the cover off the ball, then it goes up. So you don't always have to assume the worst there. I just I think it's it's just you'd be really trying to force him in there, and I I think it's he's better served developing. I just don't think he has anything left to prove. You're not developing him now. He's just sitting there. Like I, I think it's a waste. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I think if you really want yeah, to, yeah, but you're We'd rather him. We'd rather him get reps and play in the minor leagues, and then if the if the opportunity comes, he can come and play more frequently. Or would you rather him just ride the bench and play every you know four or five days in the major league? I don't league think. Just I just bench? don't think that it would be every four or five days. It's, I think this team would be instantly better if if it was truly playing the best players. Then DJ LeMay would be playing third. Donalds would be on the bench, and you would be able to fit. Peraza yeah, the Donaldson Hicks conversation is the same thing, though. Donaldson's never going to just like ride the bench peacefully. I agree with you. Pretty, he, he did for months last year. So, I mean, this is kind of like a dead end conversation because it doesn't matter. But I, I, I just don't know. I, I think it's stupid. I think this is you have nothing to gain and everything to lose by putting him in AAA. We'll see. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Hopefully, well, won't it's, see. It's, it's just, I'm sure it's just. I just like, had some crazy. I just had some crazy deja, deja vu. I feel like we've had that exact same conversation, and then you've ended it with that exact point, and then we all pause for like twenty seconds. Probably. <laughs> uh, they make dumb decisions, but you know what? Team's playing well right now. I'm gonna focus on the positives. Like Aaron Hicks is awesome at the playing outfield. In reality, though, uh, Marinaccio. We were talking before about the uh, the trust tree, and uh, he uh, two. he's he's going out there and making Chandler not look stupid. So um, he looks damn good. It could he could uh, be moving up my trust tree for sure. Yeah, he looks great. Depends I had a your phone. boy uh, Mike King didn't have a great start. Whoop. Sorry, what did you say? No, you you heard Murph. I had a buddy text me uh, saying he was going to be the closer. Uh, Marinaccio. Could see yeah. that. 
I can't. Uh, Hachi was really good. He's really, he really very good. I don't good, know, but I don't I mean, know I just, where the Marinaccio hate comes from. It's not hate. You, you, you have a miss. It's you not just, hate. You, you have a misconception with my my reaction to that. Game. It's just he's he's a young cat. I don't think he's uh, closer material. I don't know. I think he's got nasty stuff, but I don't think there's think a certain ar- archetype role. for a player. But I, I don't think he's a closer. I think he'll be a setup guy at the end of the year. I right now, at least, yeah. I don't think he's got the stuff like, to be, or the make. He has the stuff. Closer. I don't know. Maybe he's just he's know. just young. It wouldn't shock me. More. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like Volpe's young. Most likely, I mean, it, you have to assume that Holmes is going to lose the closer role, which it very realistically not. could happen. But you know, that's an if. And then you know, you have Wandy who could theoretically close games. You have Luizzi who could theoretically close games. You have Mike King, who's probably our best reliever. Whether or not he ends up in a closer role, that's I don't. Know. I don't think Wandy had a tough outing. He did have a Mike, tough outing. Well, Wandy fits the same role as Mike King. Of you, you bring in Wandy when shit's ugly and you need somebody to get out of it. And Wandy is he's been the like go to. He was the go to escape artist, I guess, with Michael King out. Yeah, outside of Marinaccio. Yeah, Mr. King though. What were, your, what were your thought? What's your what's your thought, Chandler? This is his first time pitching after exploding his arm. I'll give him a pass. I mean, he literally snapped his elbow throwing a pitch. I'll give I'll give him a pass on giving up two runs. Uh, I just want to say I, I saw that happen. I was like, I can't wait to just ask Chandler about this. Yeah, and one one more thing, just because Volpe's up right now, and I wanted to talk about him some more. Uh, I know we mentioned him on the base pass and the stolen bases and everything like that. I just, I just feel like, you know, down to that first at bat when he was up, it just he's he's a problem on the bases, and I just love like his mentality when he's out there. He, he, he and Chandler, you mentioned us. He's just in the minors. They talk about how phenomenal his first jump is and his ability to steal bases and all that stuff. Not necessarily just his speed, which he does still have, but it's just the way he dances around out there, and that's just the. Just the prototypical, like the the jolt of energy that we're talking about, we're physically seeing it out there on the base pass, and that's not something we've really seen with this team outside of like a pinch runner or something like that. But like that's a guy that we have now in the everyday lineup that we have not, we have never seen that uh, dating back to I don't know who, and in his ability also to just work counts like he just did, he just got a walk to load the bases, and it's just like he has such a. So far, obviously, small sample size, but this is also talked about about him as a prospect. He has such a major league feel for the strike zone, and it looks really good yep. so far. And I love that and his ability to get on base. I mean, we were talking about him being that leadoff guy. I think it's way sooner than we even think that he could potentially be that leadoff guy because he's showing those those tools early on like that. I mean, there there's going to come a point, and I think – Maybe in like two months, if he keeps it up like this, I know he only has two hits, but like, I, I just think he's showing a lot more than the batting average will will show, and it's just all of the tools seem to be the prototypical leadoff hitter. You can't expect him to come up and hit four hundred. And what he's done in no, between no. with all those hits, um, I am curious. I, I think to it short. You're right. He will be a leadoff guy in the near future, but uh, until then, I think if he's hitting at the back half of the lineup. I almost want him in the nine hole. I, I like what he does on base. Like when he's on first base and you have DJ up next and the way he, and then judge after that. And then, you know, it's him and then the top, like 
the way he is on the base paths, I like having him nine until he's ready to be in the top half of the lineup. Yeah, I think I know what I you're saying. I would I would prefer the full jump to be not him working his way down the lineup from like nine to eight to seven to six to like that kind of thing and then to one. I mean, if they're gonna make a move, he would be better served as a complete lineup if he was just switched straight to the to the leadoff spot. I just don't know if I'm ready to cut ties with DJ at leadoff. I don't know. Yeah, like, that's he is true. Tearing the cover off the ball to start the year. He looks like the DJ LeMayu that finished top five in AL MVP back to back years, won a batting title. That's the DJ that's been here so far playing awesome defense. Like and if, if DJ truly the- healthy, if if he's truly healthy, I don't want I don't really want Volpe batting leadoff. Like what what are you trying to get out of it, I guess, is the question because if you have dj lemayhu who's healthy and doing his thing like you're basically banking on anthony volpe to be a borderline mvp to replace dj no you're not no you're not yes you are because dj lemayhu is that i that's not what i'm saying you're not replacing dj there because dj i think and we've talked about for a long time that he's better served in a running with a in a in a spot in the lineup like a three or like a five or something like that with runners on because he's the best hitter that we've seen on this team for a long time with runners in scoring position. His numbers only go up when that happens and when those situations arise. I know, I know. I'm just saying, I don't think that him getting swapped, it's not a fault of DJ for getting swapped out of the leadoff spot. I've been talking about this before Volpe was even a a thought. Before like When Volpe was just a prospect, I was talking about DJ being, I would like DJ to be getting more consistent at-bats when the best guys are ahead of him. So like a five spot, like Glaber's hitting tonight, I wouldn't mind seeing him there. And I don't, again, I don't think it's a fault of DJ. I just think Volpe is that prototypical leadoff guy and DJ does get a lot of fucking hits, but I would prefer those hits to come when people are on base in front of him. I mean, it's, it's take, fair, take, but... a look, take a look at like just the that. first two games. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, um, as I said, take a look at the first the first few games. Like, I don't know the exact numbers, but I've I watched every game, and Volpe was leading off in a ton of innings. You know, the the last out happened. It was it was nine top, and that happened a bunch. And I think like the double leadoff is a real thing. And I think that's the perfect place to put him. And I there's no one else. There's a few. I mean, like DJ is one of the people who there's a runner, runner on base. I want him up. I'm more confident with DJ Mayhew with runners on base. And if Volpe can get up base and then it's well, then it's DJ fucking Judge Rizzo. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's fucking incredible. Yeah. And I'm not totally upset about eight, it. And Volpe is probably going to lead off like three or four innings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that slow pout walk to first base after he hits a slow roller to the shortstop and he gets out by like a mile. Base is loaded one out. Yeah. Literally just happened. <laughs> Literally just happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not sitting here saying, oh my God, Volpe needs to be the leadoff. I'm just saying that, and I'll end it here. The tools I've seen out of him outside of just getting hits on the base pass, working the counts, just to, the feel for the strike zone, I can see him being a leadoff hitter. Wouldn't be upset either way because DJ is amazing as well. But that's all. Whatever I happens, to say. like, well, the season will, will dictate what's going to happen. Like, whatever, it's going to be clear cut. E- either it's going to be 
Hicks needs to move out of the leadoff spot and Volpe absolutely needs to be leading off or it's going to be stick with what's working. And I think I'm leaning towards it's going to work out the way it is currently and we're going to rock with it. But either way, I just yeah. like I agree. I do think Volpe is a like prototypical leadoff hitter, but DJ's just been so good there. Like we just have to factor in what you're missing with that. Like, yes, Volpe can come in and he can do an amazing job and he can steal bases. But like, again, you're putting something unknown in a spot that is known and arguably the best in baseball at what he does. I get it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, you know, there is that potential that DJ could be the best five hole hitter we've had in like Yankees history because he is that good with runners in scoring position. And you have a, a, a few guys ahead of him that get on. At a very high clip. If he's after Judge, I mean, that's a pretty damn good guy to have after Judge, not because of like the, you know, you'd want like a power guy after him, because Judge is going to get a lot of walks. I know he obviously hits a lot of fucking home runs. He's going to get on base a ton. He has a 37 game straight on base streak leading back to dating back to last year. If you get Judge on all the time and they don't pitch to Judge, DJ's a pretty horrifying person to have up next, but just because of the way he hits every fucking situation, every ball. That's my point. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's all I had. Anything uh, else you guys want to chat about? Hot start. Yeah, hot I was start. about to say, uh, I guess some credit to Garrett Cole because he was lights out. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention him. That was, lights that out was, is a uh, fucking understatement. That was a pretty hell good. of a game by Mr. Cole. What do you think about his hair? Love it. Look like so? he got it cut 10 minutes before first pitch. Yeah, probably so. I think Garrett Cole's going to be the haircut this year. Yeah, and it feels, weird. it feels weird because we say that every year for good reason. Like He's one of the most dominant pitchers in baseball and has been for a long time. But it's just weird because he hasn't got one yet, so it almost feels like we're a broken record. Like, oh, like that prototypical Yankee fan who's just like, yeah, Garrett Cole, like, oh, our guys are going to win all the awards. But like he hasn't got one yet. So at some point, a pitcher of this caliber is going to not fall into one. But he like, – he, Basically earns it or close to it every year. So I don't see why not. I'm going to keep singing this song until he fucking gets one. <laughs> why not us? I, well, most of the outside was like first year, but the other ones, we just say that just being idiots. But like, I don't know. I just feel, I kind of actually feel it this year. Also, I was listening to Mark DeRosa talk about him the other day and he loves like, Garrett Gar- Cole. Yeah, because Garrett Cole's amazing. And as he said, For good like, reason, Garrett yeah. Cole is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's like his only downfall is he gets a little cocky with his fastball when he's pissed off. Like he has runners on, he's walked oh, a guy or two, and he's trying to. Well, he's down like two would like to Shohei Otani when he hit the fucking nuke to center field to take the lead in the seventh against us last year. He challenged Otani with a ninety nine fastball, like belt high, just a like basically slap his dick on him and Otai turned on it and hit it 500 feet. But how like, often does he do that too with when he's, when he's ahead? Like he's like, Oh, Oh two count my challenge fastball down the middle is coming out. And that's why he led the league basically in home runs last year allowed. Yeah. But I mean, you can lead the league in home runs and still, be, I, I mean, Justin Verlander led the league One in Cy Young. home runs and won a Cy Young with a sub two ERA. So you can lead the league in, home runs has just come at the most inopportune times. I like, like I said, yeah. I, I've been saying it basically for a year now is that I think last year was a lot of, it was just unlucky. Like that you're not going to give up all those home runs with people on base and be that caliber of a pitcher that he is and just continue to do that. The 
that's a fluky season. It was still a damn good season. It's just the timing of his home runs is fluky. So I think he was yeah. going to come out and just, you know, last year it was weird to say an outlier because he broke the Yankee strikeout record and had a, you know, mid threes ERA. But I think he's going to hover somewhere in the low threes, upper twos, strike out 275 batters and just, you know. Also set the opening day strikeout record for the Yankees as well. Eleven. He looked good. I think he looked really I, I don't good. know the exact stats, but like the Yankees struck out a ton too. They struck out twelve times against Yeah, Logan Cobb Webb. looked yeah. or was it Cobb or Webb first? Webb. It's Logan Webb. Webb. But yeah, a Webb had lot a lot of strikeouts strike opening day. Too, I, I mean Logan Webb's really good. Yeah. He is good. So I, I expected a lot of I was just saying I expected a lot of strikeouts opening day across the league because everybody's aces is going. What were we saying about Aaron Judge's comments? Oh, I was just saying first home run of the 2023 season. Across all the cool. If there was any doubt. That's cool. He's so good. He's like yeah. He may have gotten better. He's hitting like 500 so far. He just got another hit. Two home runs in four games. He's so fucking good, dude. Confirmed good. Yeah, confirmed this contract has not impacted him whatsoever. Just as good as TickPick. Everybody go download the TickPick app and uh, go get your tickets. If you're going to a game, 10 bucks off. Use code 161. Um, also, go get yourself some Athletic Greens. Let's get healthy in 2023, huh? Chandler? I'm so down for that. You know that's all I talk about is health. No, but yeah, if and I you were... were if, you, Body's turning a, a new leaf. Yeah. It's true. I uh, I have not been one to treat my body like a temple, but Athletic Greens has changed that. So, Yeah, and they're giving out a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash 161. That's athleticgreens.com slash 161, and you can uh, you too can hit 45 miles per hour on skis. Snowboard, excuse me. I honestly think, I think that's more impressive on the snowboard. Yeah, you definitely so go faster so scared. on skis than a snowboard. Totally. 100%. Yeah. Congrats, Chandler. I actually think my my top speed. Let me pull up. Did you use that app, the uh, slopes speedometer? No, oh. slopes. See, we don't know. now. We don't know. A, uh, shorts and a t-shirt this weekend. It was pretty lovely. Got a sunburn and everything. Did you think you were more aerodynamic with shorts and a t-shirt? I would have been, but the snow was pretty sticky. We didn't hit a uh, top speed. We uh, made our way down a couple of double blacks, though. Barely, we're alive. Ooh, see, I hit, I hit forty-seven miles per hour. That's unfortunate for you, Chandler. You're on skis. Wait, did I? Forty-two point nine. Last time I used yeah. that app, I got a brutal concussion, and I'm never using it again. Yeah, I think it, there's a direct correlation with using this app and getting hurt. I, I uh, <laughs> fractured my knee using this app, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but you know what? I was able to recover really fast because of athletic greens. All right, see you guys later.